Hey guys and welcome back to the first episode of United 99 with myself Dan. Some of the topics we'll be covering today include Varane signing for Manchester United and what that means for the current Manchester United squad and our aspirations for this season. Second on the list we're going to be talking a bit about Kane's absence from Spurs training. Will he sign for Manchester City and if he does what does that mean for the Premier League? This of course will also feed into our third and final topic for today which will be my very own Premier League predictions for the 2021-22 season. Alright, without further ado, let's get into this. I hope you'll stick around, grab some snacks, and stay tuned for more. Alright, let's start with the big news for this week. Rafael Varane signs for Manchester United. The question is though, where does he fit in? How will he impact the Manchester United starting eleven and play style? He's a 28-year-old right-footed centre-back who usually plays as the right centre-back in the back four. This fits in pretty nicely. Positions taken already are left-back, which is Luke Shaw, right-back, which is Aaron Wambasaka, and the left-sided centre-back, which is usually Harry Maguire. If I'm being real, if I had the choice of choosing Lindelof or Bailly last season in this back four partnering, partnering Maguire, I would choose Bailly. Not because I think he's better overall than Lindelof, but because I think he has the pace and the strength to move 20 yards up the field towards the halfway line, which allows Manchester United's wingbacks and the whole team to just move that much further up the pitch, get close to the goal and be able to have quick turnovers and play the ball nicely into the back of the net. So whereabouts does Varane truly fit in with United? I think the partnership that's formed between Maguire and Shaw isn't something you want to start breaking apart and I think Maguire's defensive position is Maguire's to hold for as long as he's at the club. Going back to what I said earlier about Bailly allowing the team to move further up the pitch by about 20 yards or so, I think Varane will allow United to do some of the same. I think for a player of his calibre, he is a safe set of hands if you will in that position and a very experienced partner to Maguire who is already very good on the ball himself but Varane wasn't a first choice starter for, for Real Madrid in France just because he was a pretty face it's because he actually had footballing talent to him and you just have to look at his trophy cabinet to see just just to see what he's been allowed to participate in he's got four champions leagues four club world cups three la ligas three uefa super cups three spanish super cups one copa del rey and of course the 2018 world cup he is one of the most accomplished center backs in world football today and that's 28 years old to go and bag him for 41 million is a steal any club in the world would love to have Varane in their back four including the likes of Man City, Chelsea, Bayern Munich. He will adapt. I think it may take some time. He may be caught out in certain games. But this back four could be the best defence in the league this season. Also, if you wanted to play a five at the back, what Solskjaer used to do last season is that he'd play Alex Tells at left wing back, move Shaw to the left side centre back, put Maguire in the centre, and then either Lindelof or Bailly as the remaining centre-back on the right. Just one more thing before we move on to the next topic, and it, and it has something to do with the sign, with Manchester United signings, is that Manchester United need 
a centre defensive midfielder. I I don't care if it's Kermavanga or Kante. We need a centre defensive midfielder. We can't get two, three months into the season. Pogba gets injured, and then we're back to square one with Fred and McDominay as the two holding midfielders. You can't win the league with those two. You can get close, but you will not win trophies with those two at the heart of your midfield. I mean, both excel pretty much when they are shooting at the opposition's goal, not when they're defending our own. This is something that Solskjaer needs to figure out, and hopefully, with the murmurs currently from various sources, that we will go for an established first signing. I'm praying that it's a centre defensive midfielder to truly cap off what's turning out to be an amazing starting eleven. Secondly, let's do prem- my Premier League predictions this season. I don't. It's early on. It's tough to call, and a lot, a lot of teams still have the ability to sign a lot of players. Ton- Harry Kane can easily leave Tottenham, as as we said already. So this might impact on where I have them placed currently. 20th position, I've got Norwich City earmarked for straight relegation back down to the championship. I think Daniel Fark is a good manager. He's got them promoted twice in three seasons to the Premier League. But this stinks of their first bout in in the Premier League. They came first by by a huge margin, 93 goals scored, to have finish 20th bottom of the league than the following year here we are again top of the league and i think they will be bottom come this time in may just because i look at some of the signings it's just not convincing me there is nothing here that tells me that this is a premier league side who can beat the other relegation lot which is the most important brentford crystal palace brighton aston villa burnley i think they'll all be down here I don't see Norwich picking up many wins against them. So 20th is where they stay. 19th, I'll pick Brentford. Once again, not uh, automatically promoted, but they w- did come through the playoffs. And they did win, a- and they did beat Swansea to get here. But once again, it's one of these championship teams that aren't necessarily lucky to be here in this position in the Premier League. But I think I'll enjoy watching them next season. There's, there, there's something new than what's come up previously. I've had it with the QPRs, the Swansea's, the Norwiches to some degree, just yo-yoing up and down between the Championship and the Premier League. But I don't think they've got enough. 19th is where I think they'll finish. Quite controversial next for number 18, Crystal Palace. Crystal Palace have some amazing players. Benteke, Zaha is the main man. I think this young kid Eze, I've heard good things about him, I think he could be the next Zaha, in a way. We'll just have to see where he ends up. But I've got Crystal Palace 18th simply for the fact that Patrick Vieira is their manager. Patrick Vieira doesn't have much experience at this level. His notable previous jobs include an MLS side and Nice. Now, granted, he's done well in galvanising those teams, but it's the poor run of five individual losses in the French League they got in the second Nice. And it's just like... If, if you can't inspire these players, then you're just going to become another Frank de Boer. Crystal Palace are going to have a harsh four, first four games. I think they'd be lucky to finish those first four to six games with maybe four points. I think the chairman of Crystal Palace probably already has Big Sam Allardyce already on speed dial for when they need to pull the plug on Vieira. 
This stinks of a, of a Frank de Boer situation. Number 17. I've got Brighton and Hove Albion. It's really difficult to, to choose places 13 to 17 because it could be any configuration you want. Brighton finished last season 16th with 43 points. One point more than the traditional 42 that most managers say is crucial to surviving. It's just that their players are another year older and it's, it's the old Fulham effect. The team gets older and not enough investment is being made into that Brighton squad. And I think they could have a relegation scare. I don't think they will get relegated. I think they'll hold out for another season. I really do. I don't see them finishing anywhere near the mid-table. I think 17th would be a respectable finish for Brighton and Hove Albion. Number 16, Aston Villa. Aston Villa finished 11th last season. But for me, with the whole Greylish situation at the minute, with, with Man City bidding £100 million for him, I don't see... How Aston Villa can even compete with the likes of Leeds and Everton this season, where which I, which I think will be around like square mid-table. Without Grealish, we've seen it last season. Without Grealish, Aston Villa struggle, and they can go on really bad runs. And I think 15 losses last year, they are one of the teams that I think could struggle this season. And 16th, I think, would be a respectable finish. 15th, Southampton. Now Southampton finished 15th last season. What can I say about Southampton? They love getting 9 0 I think it's happened to them three times in maybe three or four years. They will concede a lot of goals this season. Which makes me think they will finish towards the bottom half of the table. But I don't see them getting relegated. I don't see them challenging for much domestically or in the league. Southampton will be lucky to finish above 15th I reckon. Burnley finished 17th last year which means they are pro probably primary candidates outside of Norwich and Brentford to be relegated. They're one of the favourites to be in a relegation battle. They've got a bit of heart about them. They can grind out a result and they will get some notable scalps this season. Whether that be Liverpool, Manchester United, Spurs, West Ham, they will be able to beat or get a draw when they need to. And I think that makes them candidates for being able to stay in this league. Number 11, Everton. It's a reduction of one place for Everton. For me, Ancelotti, with the team he had, underperformed quite massively. I think they have a lot of talent in that Everton squad. Calvert-Lewin, Gilfie Sigurdsson, Richarlison. But I just think this season, with Ancelotti gone, that's a real hit to their morale for this season. I mean, it wasn't a case that the chairman himself said they wanted to achieve Premier League glory by around 2024. From this position, they're never going to make it. Everton could sink £200 million a season, and they would still struggle to come forth. And that's why I think, with Rafa Benitez, an ex-Liverpool manager, I don't see Everton even making it in the top half of the Premier League table this season. So that's why I'm going to place them. That's why I'm going to place them firmly in 11th. Number 10, Leeds United. Leeds United concede a lot of goals, but their play style pretty much re revolves around that, in a sense. In a game, they'll be thinking, okay, we can concede three, but we'll score four. And sometimes this doesn't work. Sometimes Bielsa Ball gets them thrashed. I remember, I remember last season, the 6 2 against Manchester United. That was a great game. I think Leeds played pretty well, but they just they just let in so many goals. Once again, it's a reduction of one place from 9th to 10th at the end of the season for me. Looking up the table in 9th, Nuno can say whatever he wants now that he's Spurs manager. But Wolves sacked him. 
get all this like mutual respect. Oh, we leave on good terms. He underperformed woefully last season, taking a good set of players, players that were fighting for European football in the first two seasons. We know what Nuno is. He's a defensive-minded coach. He likes possession, but teams don't really do a lot with possession. Unless you're Manchester City, you're not utilising 60% possession and going on to win 4-1. Wolverhampton Wanderers, they could release the shackles this season and they could reclaim a European spot, but I don't think they're going to trouble a lot of the teams ahead of them this season. I think they'll be a, a major thorn in the, rele in the relegation battling sides. I think they will come and absolutely blow them away in certain areas. That's why I've got them ninth. Because I think they'll do a lot better than last season. But I think they, they need reinforcements. And so far I'm not seeing any big names being attracted. Wolves have a lot of good players at their disposal. And I think if this new manager of theirs can take the shackles off and get them playing a more expansive attacking football. They'll be right back up 5th, 6th place like they were in their second season. Trobbing the likes of Manchester United, Spurs, Arsenal. And really shaking up the European, the European places battle. Number 8, West Ham. Moyes has re revived his career at West Ham. He's done incredibly well to get them where they are now. I mean, it was only a few seasons ago. West Ham could have been relegated back to the Championship. But they brought Moyes in, he steadied the ship, and they're reaping the rewards from his style of play. West Ham can scalp a good number of teams on their on their day, including top four battling teams. I just think I just think with the amount of teams I just think with the amount of games they have to play this season, I don't see them capturing the sore heights they were last season. I think with the improvements of Arsenal, Wolves, I think they could get squeezed out, especially if they have to play Monday. Thursday, Sunday, football. Three games a week for this West Ham squad is too much. It's not about the first team, it's about the squad depth you have and the challenges that come with the Europa League. And for me, they're going to fall two places this season from 6th to 8th and not finish inside European places. Number 7, Arsenal. What could you say about Arsenal? <laughs> I think Arsenal will do better than they did last season. I mean, they can't do worse. Arsenal lost 13 games last season out of 38. That's truly the sign of a mid-table team if you're losing that many games. They were in a relegation battle at one point early on in last season. But I think they're sticking with Arteta. He's bringing in good players. This Ben White. This Ben White for 50 million. A bit of a hefty price tag. Some will say they've probably blown their entire transfer budget for this season on this one player but he's a good player and Arteta's starting from the back and he's working himself forward he's probably an improvement on what they have already I think sticking with Arteta he's bringing he's implementing slowly it's a lot like Solskjaer at Manchester United he's implementing his style of play his players and he's slowly turning the results around I think they'll finish seventh this season simply I don't think they're as good as any team above them currently I think any team I'm, I mentioned post Arsenal in 7th can beat Arsenal convincingly and one of those teams in 6th is Tottenham Hotspur I have two things to say about Spurs and whether they whether they can finish 6th or not because 
even without Hurricane, I think they have enough to finish sixth. I think Son, put him as the main man. I still think this team are capable of finishing in a European place. I think they're a lot better equipped for European football. They're, they're playing in this Europa Conference League, which... I'm sorry if you if you if you have to play Shamrock Rovers on on Thursday night and then come back and, f and play Norwich. I expect you to get two wins, even if you put your B team out against Shamrock Rovers. The quality of the Europa Conference is not there. It is woeful. And if Tottenham don't win that, then I think Nuno needs to be sacked on the spot. Just hands down, going into that format, Spurs are the favourites to win the Europa. Europa Conference before anyone's even kicked a ball. If Kane stays and even partners with Son like last season, they could comfortably finish sixth, but only if they play in the right way. Nuno got sacked at Wolves, and I think it's and I think for this season it's a go it's a go big or go home because I don't think they're going to spend too much time on Nuno. They're probably already lining up their next big thing if they can because this summer for, for Spurs has been a shambles. Oh, you could say, oh, Son signed a new contract for us. But, but in terms of managers, you wanted to do a point. You've gone from everyone, from Conte, all the way down to potentially Eddie Howe. And you've ended up at, ended up with a manager who got sacked at Wolves for finishing 13th. It's like, this is not inspiring me at all that they can do what they need to do to finish fifth or even the Champions League place. Fifth upwards is where it gets a bit interesting. I think in fifth, Leicester City, as always. I think Leicester City are the fifth best team in this league. As of Saturday the 7th of August, they are the holders of both the FA Cup and the Community Shield after beating Manchester City 1-0. I think they can trouble anyone on their day, but they lack consistency. I, I don't think they can pull off their form for a good 38 games. 12 defeats last season, 50 conceded. They've done alright without Harry, Harry Maguire. Leicester City and Brendan Rodgers are a good footballing unit. Their midfield is insane. Tielemans and Diddy, I would take both of those at Manchester United. Jamie Vardy's getting, a, getting older, but I think he's got one or two seasons left in him. I think he's good to go for this season. I think he'll get a lot of goals. And that's why I think Leicester City will finish fifth. For the first Champions League place in fourth, Manchester United. <laughs> A bit contentious, I know, but... Do I think Manchester United have enough to win this league against Thomas Tuchel's Chelsea or Jurgen Klopp's Liverpool, who have recently got both Gomez, Van Dijk, Henderson, all back in their squad. Even Trent Alexander-Arnold, who was out for the World Cup, they're all back for the start of this season. And if Klopp can get the, this puzzle back together, Champions Champions League is nailed on. It's it's just Manchester United have made some good signings. Raphael Varane. San Rafael Varane and Jaden Sancho will both be first team starters this season and they will add a lot of quality to this Manchester United side 
and I think it will reinforce their position in the Champions League. But I think if they really need to, if they really want to challenge for second or first this season, they need to go and sort out that CDM position. Without a defensive midfielder, Manchester United are always going to rely on the on the will always rely the defensive midfield of Scott McTominay and Fred. I think Manchester United could do well domestically. I think, as always, I think they'll challenge for the big trophies. And I think they'll go qu- quite some way in the Champions League this season. But Solskjaer has nowhere left to hide this season. In third, Jurgen Klopp's Liverpool. Like I've been saying, Gomez, Trent Alexander-Arnold, Van Dijk, they're all back. They will all start the first game of the season for Liverpool. While I think Champions League is nailed on for them, I think they need more signings. They need to bring people in. I think it took two years of perfection for Liverpool to unseat Manchester City first. Two seasons of perfection. And they only got one Premier League for it. I don't think Liverpool... I don't think Liverpool will be as good as they have been in previous seasons. I think Klopp has to get this big jigsaw puzzle back together to really deal some damage to the likes of Chelsea and Manchester City. But I think they're capable of beating any team below them, including our team, Manchester United. Liverpool have got a bit of an Asian squad. Henderson's over 30. Mane and Salah, if Real Madrid or Barcelona ever come in with a big offer, I know they're struggling financially at the minute, but if they sort out their finances, you could bet that they wouldn't think twice before joining a Spanish club. Number two, Thomas Tuchel's Chelsea. I I think Lampard really got exposed by Tuchel on what this Chelsea team were capable of. But after Tuchel came in, they were one of the teams to beat, just like Liverpool. And And they're coming off a season where they won the Champions League. They are... They are the best team in Europe currently. And on their day, in a one-on-one versus Pep Guardiola's Manchester City, they can come out top. And that is what Chelsea are capable of. I see, I've see. i seen in the news today that a £100 million bid has been rejected by Inter Milan for Lukaku. If Tuchel gets Lukaku, I, th- I think Chelsea can have a really good go at the Premiership this season. Lukaku is brilliant at demolishing smaller teams, get building up the goal difference, really thrive in this uh, free at the back system that Tuchel uses. Even beyond that, the squad depth is amazing. You take out Lukaku, you can still play Kai Havertz or Timo Werner. In the number two spot, I would have Chelsea, just hands down. They're a better place this season to beat Manchester United or Liverpool. And second is where I will have them. This, of course, leaves one team left of my favourites as Premier League champions for the 21-22 season, and that is Manchester City. Manchester City have a lot of players, and their wealth is bottomless. I saw a graphic earlier on this week that pretty much pretty much showed the wealth of talent Manchester City have. They can put out two different squads, and both of which are capable of winning the league. Manchester City's B team 
good enough to move aside any other team in this league. And with Pep Guardiola at the helm, a wealth of knowledge of how to win a Premier League and the style in which they've done it previously, there is no other team in this league that I would say, yeah, invest money on this season than Manchester City. Manchester City weren't even very good last season. They didn't really kick on until about January and they still came back and obliterated the opposition finishing eight points ahead of Manchester United in second. A big factor that will make or break Manchester City's title defence this season will be if they sign a striker or not. Without Aguero, they are a significant influence down. And while, while City are playing coy at the minute over Harry Kane, I think they need to sign him. I think they have the wealth to do it. It's 50-50 if they do. But with Manchester United signing Sancho, with Lukaku about to sign for Chelsea, Manchester City need an out-and-out striker that will get them buckets of goals and if Manchester City do sign Kane I think they have a chance to go on another Centurion season that's that's the end of my list to recap my relegation candidates are Norwich City Brentford and Crystal Palace to gain automatic entry into the Europa League this season I will go Leicester City in fifth from 4th to 2nd for those to enter the Champions League, Manchester United, Liverpool and Chelsea. And of course, reigning champions, Manchester City, to win it on the second season on the bounce. And their 4th title in 5 seasons. Capping off this episode with the final topic of today. We're going to go over Kane's botched, at this point, attempt to leave... Tottenham Hotspurs. The best comment I've seen on this today is you can tell Harry Kane's Tottenham Hotspur through and through after bottling his own transfer request pretty much. In a post on Twitter on Friday he put out a statement including including the comment I want to clarify that I would never and have never refused to train. I will be returning to the club tomorrow as planned. I, I don't know where to stand on this because even the comments around the club have made it feel like he did refuse to train. He's missing for a week. It's just like, let's put this into perspective. The Premier League starts on the 15th of August, which is the Sunday. And to to, to not even be in training by Monday the 2nd means he will only have a week build-up training to even be fit to start their first game of the season. I think in terms of players who came up better looking in this, I mean, Graylish just recently signed for Man City, the destination which looks most likely for Kane to be going in. And there was no fears about Graylish not turning up for training. I, I think Tottenham Hotspur fans can feel pretty jilted at this. They gave this player anything, and now you could say he's taken the easy route out by going to Manchester City, who will pretty much be in cont contention for every major trophy that they can get their hands on this season. The the newest news coming out of the gossip columns are that Tottenham are prepared to sell Harry Kane if Manchester City meet their asking price of about 140 to 160 million which I've seen seen a lot of rumors that 
Manchester City can afford, even with the £100 million purchase of Jack Grealish. In terms of, in terms of the whole Lionel Messi debacle, Manchester, Pep Guardiola and Manchester City have made it clear that they are not going to go in for Lionel Messi, which means the funds are there to sign Harry Kane. It simply comes down to, will Daniel Levy allow their star man to leave, or will he allow Kane's price to drop and sell him on next season? I mean, Spurs don't have to sell. They really don't. They can keep Kane committed to his contract until it ends, pretty much. It's only been a season since Kane signed a new contract extension as well. He's under contract until 2024-2025. Spurs don't have to sell at all, and that's pretty much the end of it. If Manchester City make a bid for about £140 million, uh, looks like Spurs will accept, but until then, it looks like he'll be a Spurs player come the start of the season. Right, I think that's about all we have time for this week. Hope you enjoyed it very much. Have a wonderful day wherever you are. And I'll hopefully see you again this time next week on United 99.